There's no doubt about it, the care of Jesus means more to us at certain times in our lives than others. If it doesn't mean a lot to you today, I promise you there's a day coming in which it will. You don't have to be very old to begin to comprehend the need, the importance, the wonder of having people in your life that cares. In fact, it can be a great help, a, a great source of strength and comfort to simply know, hey, hey, there's people around me that care about me. I remember when I was growing up, my dad pastored a small church in the southwestern part of Colorado. And, and when I say small, a, a real, real good day, we might have hit 100. And so it wasn't a big community. It wasn't a big church. And we lived on church property in a double-wide trailer and at the back of the property. And, and that, that was all great, and, and, and I don't have any complaints about that. But, but I do complain about this, that in this small little trailer with my mom and dad, I got stuck with four, um, trying to think of a good word that I could use to describe it, um, evil, uh, wicked, yeah, th those would be good words, evil and wicked sisters. No brothers, four sisters, two older and two younger. Pray for them. And some of them are members, one of them's a member at this church. And uh, daughter's over here, goes to school here, but she needs to be saved and she's needed it her whole life. She's evil, she's wicked. They all are. So as the occasion would have it, we would have times where, you know, because I was mainly perfect and they weren't, uh, we would have times where we would, we would have issues. Could I say it that way? Um, we'd get into it. But for whatever reason, it would always seem to gravitate towards my mom. You maybe haven't figured this out yet, but my mom, she was a girl too. <laughs> Whose side do you think she chose? Her perfect son or her wicked evil daughter's? No, she's a girl, so she chose my sister's side. And so here I would be in the house. My dad would be over in the office studying. I'd be in the house, and it'd be five girls against one boy. And then my dad would come home. And my dad understood the biblical principle, happy wife, happy life. So he would start listening to my mom as my mom would complain about me. And guess whose side he would take? Yep. Take my mom's. And my sisters. So now it's six against one in this little trailer. There was one other aspect of my growing up that um, I'll just I'll say it uh, the best way I can. I may have I may have been slightly nerdy, just just a little bit. And so um, I went to a public school. Didn't necessarily fit into the public school. I was very introverted, can still be that way today, but very introverted, very quiet. I just kind of stayed to myself, and so I didn't have a lot of friends. And my dad didn't help that out. Um, of course, I said we lived in Colorado, and we lived on church property, and our trailer was quite a ways away from the main highway where the bus would pick us up for school. And so my dad decided he'd be really kind, and he would build us a house 
a, a, a little building, if you would, that we could stand in while we was waiting for the bus to come and pick us up. And uh, because it's Colorado and it's cold and there's snow and there's wind and, and he didn't want us standing out in the elements. And so he decided I'll make a little house and I'll, I'll put it out right next to the highway and the kids can wait in that little house while they're waiting for the bus to come pick them up. And, and it was awesome and it was really appreciated. It just would have been more appreciated if it didn't look so much like an outhouse. You get people talking when you're waiting for the bus with your wicked sisters in an outhouse. And, and so there would be times, here I am in this double wide trailer and my sisters are just hammering me. My mom's not happy with me. My dad's not happy with me. That, that I would just get to the point where I would think to myself, I, I just, I need to get out of this house. I need some fresh air. And, and I can remember, I'd leave the trailer and I, I would head out across the parking lot of the church and my head would be down and I'd think, man, there's not a person in that house that cares about me. And then I begin to think of school, and I begin to think of friends, and I think there's nobody at school that cares about me. And, and eventually I'd kind of conclude there's really nobody that cares about me. I'd walk around the, the parking lot and, and out by the highway, and, and, and right adjacent to the church property, there was just a small little farm, and there was a dirt road that led up to a farmhouse. And about halfway up to that farmhouse, there's a little pond that sat, and it was just a small little pond, but it sat there on the left of that road, and... It's one of my favorite places to go. And I, my head would be down. I'd be kicking rocks. I'd walk down that dirt road. I'd go sit next to that pond. And sometimes I'd spend an hour, two hours out there just sulking, moping, and, and just asking even God, why doesn't anybody care about me? Why can't I have had a brother? And, and why did I have to have these four stinking sisters? And, and, and why did my dad have to make a house look like an outhouse? And why do I have to be such a nerd at school? And I, I mean, I just kind of let God have it and, and, and trying to figure it all out as a, as a young teenager. Finally, I'd get hungry, so I'd start heading back down that road and back across the parking lot. And I can't tell you how many times I'd come across that parking lot. And there was a man that worked with my dad by the name of Gary Fuller. And he worked with the youth. Gary Fuller would see me walking across that church parking lot. And he would open up the door of that church and he'd holler out, Danny boy, what are you doing? Nothing. You want to play horse? I mean, how can an athlete ever turn down the opportunity to be an adult at any game? Absolutely, I'm in. Let's play. And so we'd go shoot hoops and he'd start talking to me. And before I knew it, he'd get me laughing. And all of a sudden, I'd realize wait a second, there is somebody that cares. Brother Gary cares about me. He began to ask me about my day, and I began to tell him about my sisters and my parents and everything that was going on, and he'd begin to talk to me about my mom and dad and how my mom and dad was hard on me just because they expected and wanted so much out of me and because they loved me so much. And, and what would start as an afternoon of thinking nobody cares, before it was over, I, I would end up going back in the house, and I was still confident my sisters didn't care, but I'd know Brother Gary cared about me, and Mom and Dad cared about me, and God cared about me. Listen, I'm talking to a group of people this morning that I'm convinced in my heart that to some degree or another, you've gone through some periods in your life where you've questioned the same thing and you've wondered, does anybody care? It might have been that you questioned, does my pastor care? Does my family care? Do my roommates care? Do my friends care? Does anybody around this campus care? 
There might even be those in this auditorium this morning where your burdens have been so heavy and so real that you've even questioned, does God even care? I'm telling you, the songwriter was right on when he wrote these words. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. Peter's been talking to a group of people that were strangers and pilgrims facing incredible persecution. He understood that many of them had been displaced because of that persecution. And so they would be at a place in their lives where they'd be wondering, why is all of this happening to me? If God truly cares, why would this be happening to me? So in writing this letter and coming to the conclusion, it's like he pauses and he wants to encourage these believers and remind them that they had a God who cared. I have three baby, tiny little points you promise me that you won't complain if we get out early, we might get done a little soon. Three baby little points that I see in this text that I think would be a help to you. Number one, straight out of this text, I think we can conclude this. Believers have cares. Believers have cares. The verse says, casting all your cares upon him. It's very clear to me that, that we have cares. The, the word translated care here, it, it's a word that means anxiety. It, it means to draw in different directions. It, it means this, to pull apart. So maybe you've said this before. You're going through a situation in life. You're going through a struggle in life. And you've used this terminology without even realizing what you're using. You, you've said this. It's just tearing me apart on the insides. You ever said that? That's this word cares. It has to do with tearing us apart on the inside. Things that every time we think about it, every time our mind goes there, our anxiety level goes up. We get nervous. We get anxious. We get worried. That's this word care. We could take all of our cares, every single one of them, and I believe we could break them down into three different categories. Number one, we could break it down into cares related to our past. This could be anything in your past. Anything that's happened in your past that continues to haunt you, that continues to cause you anxiety, that continues to tear you apart on the inside to this very day. It could be a sinful act. It could be immorality. It could be dishonesty. It could be an act of violence. It could be a secret sin that nobody else knows about. But every time your mind goes there and you think back to this sin, you think back to this transgression, you think back to this act that you committed in your life, it immediately causes your anxiety to go up. It begins to gnaw at you on the inside. It could not only be something you did, but it could be something that somebody did to you. Some of you in this very room understand what I'm talking about. Because you've had things happen to you in your life that were not fair. They were unjust. Should have never happened to you. And every time you think about that situation, every time you go through something and it triggers those thoughts again, it immediately begins to tear you apart on the inside. It can be a failure. It can be a disappointment either by you or by somebody else. Regardless, we have cares related to our past. I think we can all agree we have cares related to our present. This very moment, 
this very second, if we was to take a blank piece of paper and I was to pass it out to every student in this auditorium today and ask you to begin to write some things on it that are currently causing you anxiety, they're currently tearing you apart on the inside, maybe it's a financial situation, a relationship situation, maybe it has to do with schoolwork, a test, some orals that are coming up, whatever it is, you think about it and it immediately begins to load you down with pressure and cause that anxiety to go up and it begins to tear you on the inside. If I could take a piece of paper and, and hand it to you and say, write down those cares. There's some of you in this room that write two or three things, but I think there's some of you that would say, preacher, I'm going to need a second piece of paper because I'm going through a lot right now. There's incredible loads that some of you are carrying. But then there's cares related to our future. The what might happen. The what ifs of life. My grandmother died a couple years ago at 98 years of age. For about the last 15, 20 years of her life, I'd be talking to my mom about grandma or something that was going on in our Preston family, generally about my wicked, evil sisters and their need for salvation. And my mom would say something like this. She'd say, don't, don't tell your grandma. Why not? She'd say, because she'll just sit there and worry herself sick. She didn't have a lot to do at that stage of life. She knew she'd sit in her recliner and, and she'd begin to think about her family or think about a situation or a health issue in her family and she'd worry herself sick. That's that cares I'm talking about, the cares related to the future. And some of you in this auditorium again today, there's some things that maybe it wasn't yesterday, maybe it's not today, but as you look out into the future, maybe it's a, a future ministry or whatever it might be, you're looking out in the future and, and when you think about this situation, you think about the what ifs of life. Life, it begins to cause you anxiety. It might be that many of us are dealing with all three. I'm telling you this verse offers hope regardless of what category your cares fall into. And so we see believers have cares, but I want you to see secondly, what we're to do with our cares, the action we're to take according to our cares. The Bible says that we're to cast all our cares upon him he cares for us. Wait a second. Cast all our cares upon who? Upon the burden bearer. Upon Jesus Christ, the one who said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That burden bearer, that's the one we're supposed to take our cares to. No, wait a second though, preacher. What cares, what burdens am I supposed to take to him? Here's the wonderful truth. Now, I've already stated this very clearly that all of our cares are either about the past, the present, or the future. Peter uses the word though, all. We can take all, regardless of what category they fall into or how many categories they fall into. We can take all of our cares and we can cast them upon him. In the book of Revelation, we find John on the Isle of Patmos. Jesus appears unto him, and, and here's what he says. In chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Here's what he's telling John in that text. He's saying, John, I'm the eternal one. I am the God of the past, I'm the God of the present, and I'm the God of the future. 
I am the first and the last. I am the God that can take care of the cares of yesterday. I can take care of the cares of today. And I can take care of the cares of tomorrow. Someone might say, oh, but Brother Dan, you don't know my past. Hey, let me tell you what happened about your past. Let me tell you what Jesus did about your past. He went to the cross of Calvary and he suffered and he bled and he died for your sins. The Bible says when we repent of our sins and come to him in faith, the Bible says he takes our sins, he casts them behind us, he puts them in the depths of the sea, he throws them behind him, he remembers them no more. He's taken care of your cares of the past, your cares of the present right now, right this very second. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says that he ever liveth, making intercession for us. He's ready to take your cares and your present anxieties. He's ready to take your current struggles and your present struggles, your present sins, and the future because of his death and resurrection. I'm telling you, he sealed the future for us. So what the Bible's telling us is he's able to take care of all of your cares, whether it's past, present, or future. But one more thing. We've got to look at this word casting. Casting. What does the word casting mean? The word can mean different things. The word cast can, can be something as simple as, as I'm just going to take my burden and I, I'm going to place it on him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to carry it over and I'm going I'm to set it down. I'm going to place it on him. The, the word cast can mean this. It, it can mean I'm going to hand it over to him. Uh, not just place it on him, but I, I'm, I'm literally going to take it and say, here, Lord, you take it from me. And, and, and we take it to him and, and hand it over to him. But here's the most incredible definition of that word. The, the, word, the word that I love the most. It, it means this. It, it literally means to cast, to throw, to, to, to let go. You say, what's the big deal about that? Because if you don't understand it today, there will be a time where you do understand it. Where the burdens of this life are so heavy, they're so real, that you're going to feel like, wait a second, I don't even feel like I can move. I don't feel like I can get to him. I don't even feel like I can get up off my knees. Hey, you don't have to. From wherever you are, no matter what you're going through, you can take any care, past, present, or future, and you can just throw it to him. Cast it upon him. Well, why? Why would he want that? Not only the action, but the basis of our care. Here's the thought. Why would he want my cares? So many of my cares, so many of the things in this life that cause anxiety, that tear me apart on the inside. Can I be honest with you, student? They're of my own doing. I did it. God's been so good to me. But I look back into my past and, and I see my past riddled with regret, riddled with shame and mistake, riddled with things that a believer should have never involved themselves in. And so I'm, I, I, sometimes I can scratch my head and say, well, wait a second. I brought that upon me. I did that. God, did, God doesn't deserve those cares because I, I did that to myself. Some of the present anxieties. It's the lack of faith. I don't know if you realize this, but um, Sunday's kind of a big day around most churches. We've got an enormous amount going on 
at our church just like you do your church. It's probably not the best week for a pastor to be out of town. One of the biggest messages a preacher preaches all year is Easter Sunday. Why? Because there will be more lost people in that auditorium. And when I begin to think of the programs and I begin to think of the outreach and I begin to think of everything that's happening around Bethany Baptist Church on Saturday from 7 o'clock Saturday morning till about 10 o'clock Saturday night and then I begin to think through Sunday and I begin to think through the message and I begin to think through all of the things, I'm telling you, it can cause me some anxiety. But again, that's me. Lack of faith. My cares, my cares regarding the, uh, regarding the future, that's me. That's, that's my lack of faith. So my, my point is, why would God want that, my mistakes? Why would God want my cares when I, so much of it brought on by myself? It's simple. Because he cares for you. My daughter went to Bible college, another Bible college. Well, she went to a Bible college several years ago. And we were in Colorado, and, and she moved several states away to a, another college. And we, we, like many of your families, we're super tight-knit. I mean, my kids, I, I love them. They love me. And I truly believe my son, Keith, is here. He's going to be a freshman next year here. And, uh, and, and I, I truly believe Keith, outside of maybe one or two people in this whole world, he'd rather hang out with mom and dad than anybody uh, my kids are that way. We're just super close. And so as some of you have experienced, going off to college is a difficult thing. So we took my daughter to college and, and we dropped her off. We drove away like your parents. We cried for the first two hours. My boys laughed at me and made fun of me for crying for the first two hours. And, uh, and so we go back home and we're there for just a couple of weeks. And a fo my phone rings and, and a church in Texas that I'm pastoring now inquired about me coming and candidating, coming down to meet with the pulpit committee. Through a process of events and really a matter of about six weeks, our world's turned upside down and we left Colorado and we moved to Lubbock, Texas. You think it's hard to leave home and go to college? You think it's hard to say goodbye to your friends? Try this one on. My daughter left for college and then I had to call her and say, sweetheart, I know you left home but now you're never going back home. That room you grew up in, you're never going to be back in that room. This church you've been at, she's not been back since. She didn't get to say goodbye to all those people. She didn't get to say goodbye to her friends. And I'm telling you, it rocked her world. So much so that after the first semester of college, she came back at Christmas and, and she really was struggling so much with this. I said, sweetheart, I want you to stay home for a semester. Just heal. Learn these people here in Lubbock. Get to know this church and, and just stay here with your family. Let's, let's just heal for a semester and then you'll go back. And so she did. I sent her back the next semester. My daughter's always been phenomenal with finances. She works hard. She saves her money. We wanted her to do everything in her power to pay her way through college. And she wanted to do that. We sent her back that next semester and, and, and she took all of the money that she had saved and she put it down on the, the down payment. And she began to make payments and she began to work. But we came down to the last few weeks of school. And I knew as I was watching her account... It was getting lower and lower and lower and lower. Finally, she only had about $17 left in her account. So I called her and I said, Carissa, where are we at, sweetheart? I said, I know you got a couple payments left for your school bill. 
You don't have much left in your account. Just dad loving on you, checking on you. And she said, Dad, I'll be fine. She said, I figured it out just yesterday. And she said, with, with my paychecks that I'm going to get, I'm going to get paid tomorrow and I'm going to get paid again in a couple weeks. And, and, and so with these, these paychecks, it, if I don't do anything but tithe and I don't spend a dime, Dad, I'm only going to be like $12 short of paying off my school bill. And so maybe you can loan me like 20 bucks, but Dad, I'm there. I, I'm going to be able to do it. And she was so proud of herself. She got off the phone and I immediately picked up the other phone and called the school where she's going at and I talked to a friend of mine in the finance office. I said, would you tell me how much Carissa owes? And he told me. I said, Brother Warren, here's what I'd like you to do. I said, will you take a debit card? And he said, yeah. I said, would you just put that remaining balance on my debit card? I said, I, I want to pay it off. And he said, no problem, Pastor. And then he said to me, is there anything else I can do for you? And I said, yeah, I want, I want you to do one more thing for me. I said, I want you to take a piece of paper out and write on a note, your school bill's paid in full. I love you, Daddy. And would you go put that in her mailbox? He said, I sure will, preacher. I knew when she got off work that almost immediately she'd go check her mail. And she most certainly did. She immediately picked up the phone. You can hardly understand her. She's crying. She said, Dad, why would you do that? I told you, Dad, I could do it. Dad, why? Dad, you're trying to get into a new house and you just moved and you got all your own expenses. I told you I didn't need your help, Dad, that I could do it. Dad, why would you do that? And I said, it's simple, Carissa. Because I love you. That's why. You know why he'd take your cares? No matter whether you brought them on yourself or not. No matter how foolish they may seem in your eyes. Do you know why he would take your cares? Because he cares for you. I don't know what you're going through, student. I've been where you sat. The cares can be great. The cares can be many. It's not going to end when you get out of Bible college. It's going to follow you through your ministry. It's going to follow you as you get married, as you have children. In fact, the cares may just, in fact, increase. But here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to carry that load. He loves you. You can take every one of those cares and you can say, God, I, I don't want to carry this anymore. I don't want to be weighted down by this anymore. I don't want to get up every day and feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders anymore. You promised me that I could take and cast every care I have upon you because you care for me. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do. And some of you students today, it's real simple. You need to take your cares and you just need to cast them upon him and let him carry them for a while.